There was a chill to the air on the day that her story began. The fallen leaves had taken on a furled up crispness that spoke of winter to come. And back then, with a new wife, the ring still a luminous glow on my alien finger, life was potent with possibility. I was 30 years old, Lawrence McCabe, although everyone always called me Lori. I drove through the still sleeping city, watching the comforting homeliness of it slip by. Madison was my wife's home by rights, not mine. And yet the past five years, it had taken root in me. It pulled me in until it felt like I had always been here, like my childhood on an Idaho plain was all just a story I'd once heard. On that morning, I was headed out to Monona Terrace, an early morning run along the footpath that ringed the lake. I was trying to lay it all down, set it in my memory before we left. I'd accepted a new job, a firefighter out in Bloomington, Indiana, starting a week from that day. I rounded the corner onto South Carroll Street, the dome of the Capitol building purple in the early rising sun. And I was looking at it and thinking how much I would miss it once I was gone. And so I was distracted, lost in my thought. It took me longer than it should have to notice him. Or then, was it a her? A person made thick with a dense winter coat, too warm for the season, even with this chill that had sprung from nowhere. The figure hunkered down beside the Capitol, its shape dark against the light of the walls. It shouldn't have meant much to me. My mind should have gone to some poor soul sleeping rough, trying to catch some shelter in the arms of the great white dome. But my foot eased off the gas and my heart rate began to climb, and the little hairs across the back of my arms stood up proud. I've thought about this often in the years since, about what it was that made me stop that day. And the best I can come up with is a stirring in my gut, some deep down notion of something being wrong here. They say that the battlefield never really leaves you, that once you've fought, part of your mind will live forever on burning hot sands. They're right. I drove on a little ways, swinging a right onto South Hamilton, and then eased the truck to a stop, parking up on the still empty street. I remember sitting there, my fingers hesitating on the ignition key, wondering just what in God's name I was doing. And then I turned it, the engine falling silent, I opened the door and slid myself out into the cool morning air. I turned, moving back towards the Capitol building. My insides twisted, thinking of Oklahoma only the year before, of a truck parked outside the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building, an explosion that ripped it near in two. More people than I could even imagine dead, and that was before you even started thinking about the kitties. I slowed to a walk as I approached the Capitol, slipping into the shadows of the trees and peered towards the building. For a moment, I thought that he or she had gone. Then I saw a movement, a shape shifting from the shadows, and I felt my body tighten up, a spring now just getting ready to fly. See, that's the thing. Once you've seen combat, once you've served, 
and seen bombs blow and men who were once your friends shredded into little pieces of meat before you, it changes the very body of you. After, your brain is always waiting for the next gunshot, for the next blast. I could feel it, how shallow my breath had become, the way my eyesight had narrowed itself down so it seemed like I was looking through a dark tunnel. My body had done the math, had flung me five years back in time onto a godforsaken spit of Iraqi land where it seemed that even the heat wants to kill you.